Morning, everyone. Okay, so this morning, I want to teach about the Father's house. All right. So let's go to John 14 from verse 2. So I'm going to read from the King James Version. So it says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. And then in verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now, when Jesus said, I go and prepare a place for you, he was actually referring to a, an ancient Jewish wedding. So I'm just going to quickly give you an overview of how that wedding works. Or I'm not going to go into the details, but just an overview. So first, what would happen in those days, they got married really young, usually. Yeah, so what happened is the boy and the girl were matched by the families, the two families. So what happened, the, the father and the son would go to the, to the soon-to-be bride and her father, and they will set up a legal agreement or legal contract, all right, that they will marry each other. And then the father and son, they will, would pay the father, the bride, the price equivalent to the bride's worth, if I can say it like that. But it was called the, the moar, or and I'm not sure how to pronounce it. So they paid the father, the bride, okay, the price. But then the bride will stay with the father. And the father and the son would go back home. And they would go and prepare a place for the bride at the father's house. So usually they will extend the house or they will build on another room or something like that. And when the room was ready or the house was or the place was prepared, then the father would send the son back to go fetch the bride. And then the marriage supper would happen. And all the family and all the friends were invited for the marriage supper, the ceremony. Okay. So first, it was the legal agreement. And the price was paid. Secondly, the father and son would go back, prepare a place. And then third, the marriage supper. I just want to quickly go through that and how Jesus fulfilled that. And then we will go on. So first, Jesus came to earth. The word was made flesh. Where was the price paid? On the cross. So there was the price paid. Okay. Then he said to his disciples, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. Okay. After the re resurrection, when Mary met Jesus at the tomb, he said to Mary, don't touch me. It was in John 20 verse 17. He says, don't touch me. I haven't ascended to my father yet. But go tell my brothers I'm ascending to my father. A while after that, he appeared to the disciples. And then he said to Thomas, okay, touch me now. So he ascended to the Father when? At the resurrection. Okay? And that's where he prepared the place. So it happened at the resurrection. And then the marriage supper, but I'm going to come to that later. All right. Now going back to the Father's house. When Jesus said, in my Father's house, there are many mansions. He wasn't speaking about heaven and there's a lot of buildings there. You're going to get a nice house in heaven someday and something like that. He wasn't speaking about that at all. In Matthew 21, when he came to Jerusalem and he went into the temple of God, he chased out all the guys, all the people that were buying and selling in the temple. And he said, it is written, my house is a house of prayer. So when he mentioned the father's house, what did the disciples think of? They thought of the temple in Jerusalem because that was the father's house according to them. Okay. Now, I quickly want to draw this, um, the tabernacle that Moses set up 
because the temple in Jerusalem was built according to that. It was much fancier and everything, but according to this. So first there were two compartments, all right? The first was the Holy of Holies. Then there was a veil separating the Holy of Holies from the holy place. And then there was the outer court. The door was there, and there was a labor, a brazen labor, or they called it the molten sea. All right. Now, this place here, the Holy of Holies, according to the Jews, they called that heaven. Because this is where God dwelt. That was where God's presence was. The Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat. So they called this heaven. They even called Jerusalem the kingdom of heaven. But you can go do a study on that. All right. Then this place, the holy place, that is where the priests did their daily duties. That was called earth. The high priest could only go into the Holy of Holies once a year to make atonement. All right. And then the outer court, this was called the molten sea. So it was called the sea. Okay? The sea. Before the priest entered the holy place, they washed themselves. Their hands and their, and their feet. And then they entered and they did the sacrifices. Okay? So it was called heaven. This is where God dwelled according to them. This was called the earth. This was called the sea. Now, you guys must understand, when the Jews' whole life was built upon the temple in Jerusalem, their whole religion, their whole way of thinking was built upon that temple. Because according to them, the way they thought was, that is where God dwelt. That's where to worship God. That's the only place they can get forgiveness. And that was the only place that they could get healing. According to them. Now, here comes Jesus, and he says, yeah, I'm in the Father, Father is in me. He says, uh, and he heals people left and right. He forgives people left and right. <laughs> he says he's a son of God. No wonder the Pharisees, the scribes, the teachers of the law got so mad. Because according to them, only at that place you could get forgiveness. He was actually putting the high priest out of business. So no wonder they got so mad. Because their whole way of thinking, their whole life, their whole religion was turned upside down now. So when Jesus says, when Jesus did all those things, he was actually referring to himself as the temple, as the true temple of God. He says, you can only come through me to the Father. All right? He made himself the temple. Now when he said that in my Father's house there are many mansions, the word mansion is actually poorly translated. That word in the Greek is only found two times in the New Testament. The other place is in John 14, verse 23, when Jesus said, those who love me and keep my word, me and my Father will come and make our abode with him. It's the word abode, abide, all right? So it actually means dwelling places. So when Jesus says, in my Father's house, there are many dwelling places, he was not referring to the temple in Jerusalem, he was referring to himself. So he says, in me, there's many dwelling places, Okay? So he says, I'm going to go prepare a place for you in me. That was what he was actually saying. All right. Um, let's go to Hebrews 9. I'm going to read from verse 1. Then verily, the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. For there was a tabernacle made, the first wherein was the candlestick and the table and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. And after the second veil the tabernacle which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer, the ark of the covenant, overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna, and the Aaron's rod that budded, and the tables of the covenant. 
And over it the cherubims of glory, shadowing the mercy seat, of which we cannot now speak particularly. Now when these things were thus ordained, the priests went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. But into the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. The Holy Ghost this, signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while as the first tabernacle was yet standing, which was a figure for the time then present, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make in the dead the service perfect as pertaining to the conscious, which stood only in meats and drinks and diverse washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of reformation. But Christ, being come an high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Then I just want to read verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the internal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And then I just want to read verse 24 as well. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands. Speaking about that. Okay? Those were the holy places made with hands. He says, which are figures of the true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. So now, just want to point out. Okay. Just want to point out some stuff. So let's go to verse 9 first. So it says, This tabernacle was a figure for the time then present. Okay? A figure for the time present. This word figure there, it's actually the word parable. It's the same word used when Jesus spoke in parables. What is a parable? It illustrates something or a certain truth. It's not the truth itself, but it illustrates something. Okay? So it was a figure of the present time. And then it says in verse 24, this was a figure of the true, the true tabernacle. All right? Now, then we read that Jesus came by the true tabernacle. A true tabernacle not made with hands. So Jesus, how did he come to earth? In a body, in a man's body. So he came by the true tabernacle not made with hands, human hands. All right? So the true tabernacle is a man's body. It's a body, all right? Now, it also says in Acts 7, I think it was 48, that God doesn't dwell in a building or in a place made with human hands, all right? Now, let's look at this quickly. So first, this is a figure of the true tabernacle. So it's a figure of a man's body, which is the true tabernacle of God, all right? Not made with hands, the building not made with hands. Then it was a figure, a parable, like I told you guys, of the present time. Now, the present time, it's not our time. It was a time when the book was written, the book of Hebrews. Scholars say it was written close to 64 AD, somewhere there. But we know it was written before the destruction of Jerusalem because it still speaks about the old covenant or the old temple. The old temple was still standing. That temple was still standing at that time. All right. So it says, this was a figure of the present time. Now, did you guys ever wonder why was there a veil separating the Holy of Holies from the Holy Place? 
When we see a veil here, we think of separation. It separated the Holy of Holies from the holy place. We read in Colossians 1 verse 21 that we were alienated and enemies in our minds. Alienated, separation, more or less the same thing. All right. We read in 2 Corinthians 3 that he says there, as long as the old covenant was read, as long as Moses was read, there was a veil on their hearts. So who had the veil on their hearts? It was the old covenant Jews. The unbeliever, the unbelieving Jews actually. All right. So this was a figure, a parable of the present time Jews, unbelieving Jews, that had the veil on their heart. What was veiling their heart? The law, their religion. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4 says, the God of this world blinded their hearts. The God of that world is that world, not our world. The God that blinded their hearts, as we read in 2 Corinthians 3, it, it was the law, all right? Their religion blinded them to see themselves as the true tabernacle. Because according to them, God dwelt in the temple of Jerusalem. So this was a parable of the present-time Jews, or the present-time unbelieving Jews. You with me on this? All right. Let's go to uh, Hebrews 10. just want to read Hebrews 10 quickly. I'm going to read from verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which hath has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. Having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So it says he has consecrated a new way. Through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. Why through his body? Because that was a true tabernacle. So he made a new way. The new way to God was not... God is somewhere in a building out there or God is somewhere in a church out there. It's through you. The true tabernacle of God. That's the new way. All right. Paul speaks in Ephesians 1. He prayed for the Ephesians. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart be enlightened so that you may know the hope of God's calling on your life. And then it says, and that you may know the riches of His glory, of His inheritance within you. In you. All right. In the saints. So you, that, you guys, that you can see that God is not there somewhere He's within the Holy of Holies is within. Okay? Quickly go with me to Ephesians 2 verse 20. Oh, I'm going to read from verse 19. So how did Jesus prepare a place for us? And for them back then. I'm going to read from yeah, Ephesians 2 from verse 19. It says, Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together grove unto an holy temple in the Lord. Okay, so you're being built to a holy temple unto the Lord. It says, in whom you are also builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. 1 Peter 2 verse 5. I'm going to read that quickly. 1 Peter 2, verse 5. Ye also, yeah, lively stones or living stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So how did Jesus prepare a place for us? Okay, first, he says we are built up as a spiritual temple. 
a building of God, okay, for a habitation of God through the Spirit. So how did he prepare a place? He prepared a place. He prepared our minds to start seeing ourselves as the true tabernacle, okay, as the true temple of God. Even Paul says in Galatians 1 verse 15 to 16, he says, before he started to preach, he says, God first revealed his son within him, all right? So Jesus is a high priest over the true tabernacle, which is us, or the saints, all right, the people, the true tabernacle. And he's a high priest over us, ministering in the true tabernacle. So he's ministering in our hearts. And what does he do? He takes away the veil. He opens the eyes of our hearts so we can see ourselves as a true tabernacle. So we can see that we, that the temple of God, the presence of God is within us. All right. But now in Hebrews 9 verse 8, we read there that the Holy Spirit signifying that as long as the first tabernacle was still standing, this one, the temple in Jerusalem, the new way was not yet manifested. All right. What was the new way? It was through the body. He says that was not yet manifested. Now, after the crucifixion, the majority of the Jews still worshipped at the temple in Jerusalem. They still brought their sacrifices. Every year during Passover, all the Jews from all the nations around Jerusalem would come to Jerusalem to worship there, bring their sacrifices, because according to them, that was where God dwelt. So that veiled their heart to see themselves as the true tabernacle. So the Holy Spirit says, as long as that temple was still standing, the new way was not yet manifested to them. So that tabernacle, that temple needed to be taken out of the way. All right. Their whole religion needed to be taken away. Okay. Now, if you do a study in Revelation 17 and 18, I'm not going to go read all of that now. We will go to Revelation 19 verse 7. But if you do a study in Revelation 17, of 1718, like Pastor Johnny also did, it speaks about Jerusalem and the destruction of Jerusalem. You go through that, all right. It says the great city has fallen, all of that. Then after that, listen to this now, after that, Revelation 19 from verse 7. He says, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself ready. The minds are prepared now, all right? He says, And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And then, and he saith unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. So the marriage supper. When did this take place? It could only take place when the first tabernacle was taken out. The veil was taken out, so the new way could manifest. Let's read Revelation 21, verse 1 and 2. Listen to what John says here. Remember, it's after this was taken out. He says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. The first heaven, the first earth passed away, and there was no more sea. That old temple was taken out. Then he says, verse 2, And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared. Now it's prepared. The bride is prepared now. Okay, the place is prepared. Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. God is living with men. All right? And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. 
What did we read? Yeah. <laughs> what did we read in Ephesians 2 and then also in 1 Peter 2? Would you just prepare a place? Okay, we were being built up, a spiritual temple, all right? The house of God, okay? For a habitation of God through the Spirit. Now, what did John see now? He saw the, that city, that temple coming down, prepared as a bride for her husband. The marriage of supper of the Lamb took place. So when did that take place? When the veil was completely removed. The, old, the first heaven, the first earth, that sea was gone, all right? The Jews, their religion was completely thrown upside down. Now they could see themselves, and everybody actually, we can see ourselves as a true temple of God. Not seeking for God in a building somewhere, or in a place somewhere, or somewhere in the sky. You are the true temple of God, the holy of holies. All right. I'm going to close with this. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. Now we always quote Romans 12, verse 2, renew your mind, don't conform to this world, but renew your mind, all right, to prove God's perfect will. Now, we can apply that to our lives today. It's, it's great. But what Paul was saying there, you have to read verse 1 first. He says, now, offer up your bodies as a living sacrifice to God. All right? Your bodies as holy and acceptable to God. And then he says, don't conform to this world. The world he was speaking about was their world back then. This one. He says, don't conform to this world that God dwells here in a temple in Jerusalem. He says, but renew your mind. Offer up your bodies the true tabernacle, the true temple of God. All right. The new living way is within, not seeking out God out there somewhere. All right. So just want to say this. So the marriage supper of the Lamb is to freely eat from the tree of life from within. Okay. There's no more hindrance. There's no more veil. It's to completely enjoy and eat the bread of life within you. All right. See yourself as a temple and tabernacle of God. Okay. I think you could give Yaku a big hand because that was really awesome. Wow. I mean, how many of you saw something new that you'd never seen before? Did you see something different? Okay, I'm going to just throw this in. I know Yaku would have mentioned it. But you know, all the time the Jews were worshipping the pattern of the Old Testament tabernacle that the Ark of the Covenant was in there. And how many of you remember in the Gospel stories in Matthew... When Jesus died, the veil in the temple, which was built on this pattern, was torn from, not from bottom up, not from man towards God, but from God to man. In other words, it tore open from top down. So this veil was torn open. Have you ever wondered why the veil was torn open? God was saying two things. Number one, I want to open the eyes of your understanding to see, number one. Number two, in Jeremiah's time, you can read it in Jeremiah chapter 3. Somehow the Ark of the Covenant got lost and it was destroyed. And what God was trying to show them, you're worshiping nothing. I am not there. So for decades, decades, centuries, they were worshiping on this pattern, but there was no Ark of the Covenant. So when God tore it open, he was saying, look what you're worshiping. It's nothing. It's not there. This is now, you know, the true tabernacle. We are the true tabernacle of God. Amen. And so what he was showing them, and you know, they must have sewn it up again and put it back together and carried on with ritual instead of accepting the new and living way. Isn't it amazing? Yaku, well done. That was really awesome. Praise God. Amen. So let me just take this with you. 
I just want to declare and speak over you that we will realize. You know, a lot of people are saying that the enemy is trying to still the voice of the church and, uh, you know, uh, to destroy the church because the buildings are closed. If we understand this, they can never destroy the church because we are the church. You are the kingdom. Isn't that right? And so um, he dwells within you. So wherever you go, you are God's presence. You are his presence manifested on the earth. You are the kingdom expression wherever you go. So you can walk past people and they can be healed. They can be blessed. They can be touched because of the zone, the rulership, the domain, the kingdom of God is within us. So with this in mind, I just speak blessing over you and peace over you and declare that as you go this week, take the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God with you. Be the presence of God wherever you go and let people around you be touched and blessed in Jesus' name. So peace to you. Great blessings healing and health in Jesus name be successful this week in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ love you all bless you amen